This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture, brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. So if I were to ask you, what would you hope someone who goes to the movie, and this is a ter- probably a terrible question to ask someone who does a movie, you know, because <laughs> I'll let them react wherever they react to whatever it is that I do, but, uh, yeah. but well, what, would, what would your hope be if someone goes to see The Hornet's Nest or watches you it on DVD? What, what do you hope their reaction would be? You know be? what? Here's Honestly, like, t- ticker tape parades are, are wonderful and a beautiful gesture, um, but the day after the tape has fallen, mm-hmm. you know, what's left? Mm-hmm. And so even after people see the film and they applaud and, you know, there's um, a beautiful reaction there, what I'm more concerned about is when they come home into their communities, how are they going to connect with their veterans? Mm-hmm. You know, how are they going to connect with, you know, some of these people who have been through some pretty tough things? Mm-hmm. Are they going to have patience? Mm-hmm. Are they going to have love? Are they going to step out and mm-hmm. um, really care? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate thank yous and I appreciate hugs. But more than that, it's just the relationships is I think what we're going to be needing as mm-hmm. we move forward. Mm-hmm. As this, the America's Longest War comes to a close, mm-hmm. our community is going to be responding with relationships and love. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to be absorbing – this may not be fair to ask you this, but we're going to be absorbing back into our society a large amount of, of, of veterans. Do you have any idea what that yeah, number would be? so that is – over the next two years, we're looking at between 150 and 170,000 who are going to be leaving military service. Mm-hmm. And – uh, coming back into the communities, mm-hmm. you know, we are doing budget cuts. Mm-hmm. The military is going to be reduced unless mm-hmm. Congress suddenly changes something. Yeah, um, that is happening, and so we have to begin getting ready for that. But also, I mean, over the past ten years, we've had people enter in the military service and then get out, mm-hmm. and so there's all of these veterans who are still in our population, um, and so how do we welcome them home? So that means, you know, being willing to offer them a job. I mean, you're talking pretty basic yes. stuff, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, the bread and butter of things. I think uh, it's just – and these are qualified, sharp individuals mm-hmm. who have had, you know, their leadership tested to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll accomplish the mission, whatever the mission is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to get plugged back into society. Mm-hmm. So the concrete the concrete reality is is that the best way to honor uh, a war veteran in very many ways is to make sure that they are welcome back and full into society yeah. and have a place to land a job. And uh, I imagine it's got to be incredibly discouraging to have gone overseas, to have fought for your country, to come home, to look for a job, to not be able to find employment, and just sit there and 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 process what it is that you've been through without feeling yeah. like there's anything uh, on the other end. Yeah. And it's and I know the job market is already hard as is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're gonna be in some you know, not I would say I don't want to predict difficult times, but mm-hmm. that that is a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. And you know, I definitely don't have the answer on my own. Mm-hmm. Just a conversation we need to begin ha- you know, having mm-hmm. you know, across the country. Um, but also I would say 
something that we can do, mm-hmm. a target that we know that we can hit. Um, I honestly believe that our country can be changed with barbecue. <laughs> I'm from Texas, so barbecue <laughs> is usually my answer yeah, to most exactly problems. Exactly right. But the simple, the simple concept of simply let's have some get-togethers. Let's let's if it's not barbecue, it's fly fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's hunting. It, mm-hmm. It's activities, and you know. So veterans, including them in your circle and and helping them get re-networked yeah. and reconnected to to the society that they came out of. And they're although they're oftentimes landing in a completely different place than where they left from Roger. when they came into the middle. Yeah. Military. And I think that this is a definite thing churches can do and just opening up their doors and doing events um, for veterans in the community. I mean, that's that would be beautiful, hmm. you know, hmm. and uh, that's I think it's it's hard to say, you know, hey, we're going to have a relationship. Mm hmm. And that kind of freaks people out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to get really close. But if you say, hey, why don't you come out to a barbecue? Sometimes that's an easier invitation to accept than mm-hmm. saying, hey, why don't you come to church with us? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has to start with barbecue or coffee shop or these other middle grounds mm-hmm. before we say, hey, we got a great service, you know, this Sunday you need to come out to. <laughs> Sometimes that's too much mm-hmm. uh, for some people. So, so uh, if you you've been in the chaplaincy how long now? For five years. For five years. Yes, and uh, what what do you think being in the chaplaincy has taught taught you as a as a person? It's obviously exposed you to things that uh, I'm sure you necessarily didn't anticipate <laughs> when you're sitting in class here at Dallas. Yeah. Um, keep my head down. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you're low, then you're you're probably good. Uh, no. Um, you know what? It's honestly, I don't think ministry is really that different anywhere you go, mm-hmm. um, because you know, no matter the context um, or the difficulties, I, I just pursuing God in the midst of it. You know, making sure that I'm staying connected, making sure that I'm keeping Him the priority in my life, um, and that's that gets hard. You know, mm-hmm. whenever you are so busy and so distracted by so many different things, and so I, I struggle with that. Um, to, to to really try to keep that number one. Uh, second, that my number one job, if I fail at everything else, as long as I really am loving these guys mm-hmm. selflessly, mm-hmm. And, and you know, putting them before myself, um, then I'm going to be doing ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be working on the sermons. I'm going to be doing good counselings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's my top two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. What are you What are you working on these days? What's What's next for you? So the um, next is going to be the next film, mm-hmm. and so we're going to be starting production um, June thirteenth, and we're going to be rolling the cameras and running around um, with a film called No Greater Love, which mm-hmm. is the follow up documentary, mm-hmm. uh, which tells my story as a brand new chaplain and what the guys taught me, hmm. um, and uh, we will be actually following up with a lot of the guys that I served with hmm. um, here in the States. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to fly from Germany and do some interviews with them to see how are they coming home. Mm-hmm. You know, What are they processing? What are they dealing so with? So it's the other half of the story in very many ways. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. And and I think it's timely, too, because this is the stage we are at mm-hmm. in our country. Mm-hmm. And so how do we fully come home, not just mm-hmm. physically, but mentally and spiritually? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to go on the journey across the country to... Um, to follow up with them, but also to really explain, you know, where 
I'm at, mm-hmm. how I struggle with PTS, my struggles with depression, and you know how I'm trying to pursue help myself. Mm-hmm. You know to get through that because I, it's not that I was in some sort of miraculous bubble when I was mm-hmm. going through mm-hmm. you know that war. Um, yeah, I'm affected too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God lets me be affected, right? You know, and uh, so it's my journey as well. And uh, we will finish shooting, and then we should have the film completed around um, October, uh, November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which will be about the time this will release. Um, uh, the um, are you doing this? Is this the same team that did uh, Hornets? Yes, sir. So, so it's the exact same team. Okay, so so you've got the reporter. As a part of your, he's going to be probably one of our. Uh, well, it's just, we'll have to check with him. He's probably going to be one of our executive producers, uh-huh. and, uh, just helping us. But you know, we have an Emmy Award winning team. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these guys are very, very sharp individuals and in mm-hmm. what they do. Um, so they're the ones who are going to be helping craft this out. Mm-hmm. And um, so we should hopefully. I mean, we'll be we'll have a finished product, and then we'll be 2015 is when we're really going to be running with it. Interesting. Yeah. So um, uh, Hornet's Nest is in the theaters now, and by the time this releases, it will it probably will no longer be there, but it'll be in DVD, <laughs> DVD and yeah, Blu-ray. That's right. Uh, the and in uh, um, as we mentioned, you're stationed in Germany. How long are you? How long will you remain in Germany until February 2015? Okay. Yeah. So you're, uh, and that's your everything that you do co- comes out of that. It com- that's your base. Yes, sir. Okay. And how long have you been there? Uh, for two years okay. right now, and uh, so in total, I'll have been there for three years. Okay. Absolutely loving it. Yeah, uh, Germany's a great place to live. Like I said, we've we lived there uh, separate a year at a time, four <laughs> separate times, and, yep. and really enjoyed the experience. I want to ask you how your German is, and I want to ask you which Bundesliga uh, football I'm, I'm club you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my neighbor keeps on getting on to me too. He's like, go. "Where's your German at?" And I'm like, I don't know. I lost it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Most Germans speak English, so yes, it's kind of hard to learn German. Is. Yeah, so the, you always ask them, you know, do you know English? And they always, the answer is always a little bit, and then their German is impeccable. I mean, their English is impeccable. <laughs> so you know, their so, little bit is a lot. Yeah, exactly. If I if I knew the little bit of German that they knew, the little bit of English, we, we wouldn't be speaking in English. No, so it's, it's amazing. So, um, uh, so you, so you've got a, almost another year and a half, basically, or almost two years left. Well, I, 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 let's see. Where are we at? Actually, just oh, actually a year left. left. That's a year left. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're, so it's short. Yeah. So it does go fast. It does. Yeah. And what do you hope to do when you come back? Well, that's the thing. Is like, uh, it's either stay in the military or um, continue to work on film. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I've loved my time in the military. I mean, absolutely. This has been the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of in my life. Um, and... Uh, but we do have some opportunities opening up, and I, I do love working on film. And it's um, so we're praying about it, you know, and just kind of seeing what direction God leads us in right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, we do know what projects we want to work on next if that door opens, uh-huh. and um, and so we're praying that it does. This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Grieve, Breathe, Receive. Finding a Faith Strong Enough to Hold Us. Written and narrated by Pastor Steve Carter. Grieve, breathe, receive. Those three words became a profound mantra for Steve Carter during a season of deep healing, the kind that comes after painful trauma. Grieve, 
Breathe, Receive is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Visit thomasnelson.com audio to learn more. Now, I've, I've indirectly asked you this, but I think I'm going to ask a focused question that does it. So if you were giving advice to someone about how to deal with uh, a veteran who's, who's coming home, um, uh, basically, I, I think the bottom line of what I'm hearing from you is um, get to know them and, and help them become a part of the, yeah. of the society that they're, they're returning to. Is that, is that the kind of the key yeah. uh, you know homiletical idea That's, here I don't, I'd almost like like to say I mean like without naming the action I would just say reach out and love mm-hmm. you know and whatever action that looks like I mean just to reach out and love establish relationships mm-hmm. and so I don't I, I think it's you know in the ministry I mean our, our job is to care for people mm-hmm. care for broken people mm-hmm. um, and to, to just sincerely love people mm-hmm. and so that doesn't change anything, mm-hmm. and the churches are designed for broken people. If it's a church that's not filled with broken people, then um, I'm not sure what's going on. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And so that's that's what the church is there for in, the, in these ministries. And so we have uh, a specific influx mm-hmm. of a particular group, um, and not all veterans are just falling apart. Most right, of them are right. normal people, right? You know, but they they've been through some tough stuff, and mm-hmm. so it. Any kind of outreach just to help them connect, love on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's I think the will of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just ministry. <laughs> now that that's generic advice for anybody. It is. Let, let me, let me, no, no, but uh, let me let me uh, focus the question in a slightly different direction, and that is, if you were to give advice to pastors of churches and to other church leaders about about what to think about, because they not only have the individual responsibility of these individual relationships, but maybe even a little more corporate responsibility. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to, to pastors and church leaders about military who, who they find walking through their doors? You know, I, I, th- I think one of the, the big fears that I've actually had a lot of personal conversations since I've been here in Dallas about mm-hmm. is that they say, well, I don't know what it's like. I, I, I didn't deploy I never been to war mm-hmm. so I'm not really sure how to approach them mm-hmm. and I'm you know not really sure how to talk to them mm-hmm. about what they've been through mm-hmm. and uh, my my advice is that you don't have to be able to relate with everybody mm-hmm. no matter what wounds they have whatever they've been through you just have to love them you mm-hmm. just have to, to open up your heart to them and have confidence not necessarily in yourself but in what God has told you mm-hmm. you know in in the gospel mm-hmm. um, Every person needs that, mm-hmm. and so it's you're not unequipped. You're mm-hmm. not, and so that's that's one thing I, I just encourage pastors out there just to simply know that you know um, they are fully equipped for this ministry. So just because you've never been in the military doesn't mean that you can't minister to someone yeah. who's been in the military. You can't sit and listen and and connect with them and empathize yeah. and 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 engage them at a personal level and, and encourage them and 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 help yeah. them. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like uh, so many people I think they 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 don't know what to say, so they pull away mm-hmm. and then that you know that veterans off in a corner. Mhm. And it's it, that 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 shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, you don't have to know what to say. You just say, "I love you." Yeah. Hey, man, welcome back. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, handshake. Yeah. Thank you for your service. You want some barbecue? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's all that's needed. And so there should be no awkwardness, and there should be, you know, no um, hesitation 
Mm-hmm. You know, these just it's just love people. How uh, this is not sound like an odd question, but I think it, it, it's a natural one. Um, how uh, how awkward is it for the person coming out of the military to be asked a question like? Uh, what was it like for you, or or yeah. to let them tell their story? How important is that? Well, I mean, I, I think it kind of it depends on the situation and depends on the person because some of them don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and it's, there's some stuff that is hard to talk about without choking up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you know, you know, tell me about when your best friend died. Yeah, and kind of a touchy subject. Yeah, and so right. it's like uh, and. You know, whenever guys have particular awards, mm-hmm. well, always keep in mind that every single award they have, chances are, is you know, from a pretty traumatic situation. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to talk about, and, mm-hmm. and and also it's a lot of those guys who are pinned with medals don't really like wearing them, mm-hmm. you know, because they are going to think about their buddies who had fallen and who mm-hmm. died, and they're going to feel like, well, I wish he had it instead of me. Yeah, you know? and it's like, and so it's it's always painful. It's a heavy weight. Um, so it's, I think that's something that should be kind of gauged through the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I suspect that that's part of what produces the awkwardness is not knowing, you know, do I, do I engage this part of, of this person's life or do I keep a distance or do I kind of let them set the parameters for how yeah. close – I let them come, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's you know, of, of course, as the relationship grows, and they'll share stuff if, you know, as as they as they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the same thing with with the you know the wounded, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are disabled. Mm-hmm. Probably not the best idea to, to kind of start talking about. Well, tell me about how this happened, right? Because it, it could be a traumatic situation that they don't want to talk about. But um, man, there's. Tons of stuff going on that we can talk about outside yeah. of that. And then the the tricky the the tricky part of this, it strikes me in in thinking about it as we talk about it is is that the situation of the spouse of the of the veteran is also in an interesting yes. place because they can almost be uh, double isolated, if I can say it that way. In other words, mm-hmm. you know, person reaches out to the veteran who comes back. And, you know, they're the they're the person who's been on the ground and gone through it, and and the spouse can almost be a risk being ignored in that process if yes. if you're not careful. Yeah, and the thing is, is those spouses, and I know generalizing, but those ladies mm-hmm. um, have made um, as many sacrifices. Um, they have endured sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. They have during blackouts when mm-hmm. somebody's been wounded in the unit and they mm-hmm. don't know if it's their husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of gold star wives mm-hmm. who are in the congregations, and some people might not even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, their sacrifices have been heavy, and the things that they have had to carry on their shoulders are unknown, unrecognized, mm-hmm. and you know nobody walks up to them and thanks them. What's a go- now just to help people? What's yes. a gold star? So gold stars are people who have lost family members in the okay. war, okay. and so spouses and parents um, and children, um, and so then they're they're scattered throughout mm-hmm. you know every, congregations and communities, mm-hmm. and. Um, they're struggling too. There's actually a high uh, suicide rate for gold stars as well. Mm-hmm. That's not being discussed. Mm-hmm. So you've you've talked about this some, or alluded to it, and that and that is, and we've alluded to it as well. The the suicide ideation and the pressure on suicides, and the fact that many people, when they cope, uh, have trouble, and that there is a 
a suicide problem with returning military, et cetera, and chaplains are right in the front lines of dealing with 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 that aspect of what mm-hmm. goes on. Um, uh, so uh, another element, and and this is this is generic counseling in some ways, though, is is if you're aware of someone who's kind of on the edge, if mm-hmm. I can say it that way, what ad, what advice would you give to the person who who knows a person in the military who's who, who is struggling with with their reentry? It's it's there's, um, it's easier in the army, mm-hmm. you know, because like we can always say, well, call the chaplain because yeah, that's usually right. the response, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's job security for us. We stay yeah, yeah. we stay pretty busy. Yeah. Um, but once they're back in the community, there's not that support system, mm-hmm. you know, and so it is hard. I mean, I know the VFW and American Legion have great support systems, um, depending on from community to community, mm-hmm. but um, it's first connecting, reaching out. Um, you know, assessing the situation. I mean, like, what kind of resources are available? Mm-hmm. You know, is there, um, you know, a minister or somebody who's willing to engage with them? And that's sometimes needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really depends on the situation, though. But I think checking in, and, and sometimes that's scary, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm dealing with here with this person who's mm-hmm. really tense and really stressed and mm-hmm. really seems off. But... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a broken person, then we have to check in and, and do ministry. Is there is is there a place that the military has for people, say like me, who have no military connections whatsoever, but I, I might know someone who's on, let's say, the edge? Um, is there is there a place within the military for them to go, or am yeah. I left to my it own? Was, to... A couple of resources that I do want to point out too it's like there is also military one source mm-hmm. um, which is an amazing resource um, that uh, people can call up mm-hmm. to what it does is it just simply connects you to other resources mm-hmm. um, so that is always available um, and they can also connect you to suicide hotlines mm-hmm. um, if that's the situation mm-hmm. um, and so those are two things. I mean, the greatest resource of all is Google. <laughs> so, you can yeah. always find what you Google need to for do help. Yeah, yeah. But so. there, uh, the, I mean, because I, I guess what I was fishing for is do, does the um, does the do the veterans organizations have a place where you can call or anything like that? Yeah, and it's it depends on the area too. I know that the the VA is always available, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, I know that American Legion and VFW, USO, I mean, Easter Seals, I mm-hmm. mean, there's so many associations out there um, that can help connect. And so whatever the problem is, there are resources out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just finding it within your local community mm-hmm. um, and helping them plug in. There's also great organizations that help veterans find jobs mm-hmm. to translate their resume to civilian resumes. Right. And um, so these things are scattered throughout, and they're – so numerous, you know. Um, we do have the resources. Just connecting mm-hmm. is, I think, the biggest difficulty. Hmm. Well, Justin, I want to thank you for coming in and talking about this with us. Yes, uh, this has been uh, very, very informative. Uh, I had that uh, the the closest I've ever been to the military in in my own experience. Actually, it was in Germany when we were in Stuttgart. We went to the International Baptist Church, <laughs> which is located right next to yeah. to where a series of uh, uh, Army installations were, and that congregation was about 30, 35 percent military. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you watch them move through, and uh, 
In fact, the only time I've spoken in a, uh, to a military audience was was in Germany for, to that group, and yeah. um, and so uh, you know, it, it, they, it, it's a it's a mobile, uh, uh, in some senses, disconnected part of our society that tries to reenter, and and that both the the leaving and the returning are very delicate. Uh, yeah matters for people, and we appreciate both the, the movie, The Hornet's Nest, and you're taking the time to talk to us about military chaplaincy and what's involved in getting us sensitive to how people who serve in the military, particularly when they're just back from having served, uh, are yes, an important uh, – it's an important uh, group to keep our eye on and be sensitive, particularly sensitive to as they seek to reenter life in, 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 in a more normal context <laughs> yes. than, the, than the military provides for them. Well, and so if I can, just encourage the audience. Uh, we do have a Facebook page for the next film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, no Greater Love, the movie. Mm-hmm. And the website's going to be up as well. And so if people want to engage with that story, you know, uh, we're, we're definitely available. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be moving. Mm-hmm. So, Well, we, we appreciate it again for you coming in, and we appreciate your joining us on The Table, where we discuss issues of God and culture, and we look forward uh, to seeing you again. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu slash the table. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.